2 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. 5 through 12, as we, as we read this this morning. The word of God says, But when Ahab died, the king of Moab rebelled against king of Israel. Then king Jehoram went to Samaria at that time and mustered all of Israel. Then he went and said a word to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, saying, The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? And he said, I'll go up. I'm as you are my people, as your people, my horses, as your host, as your horses. And he said, which way shall we go up? And he answered, the way of the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they made a circuit of seven days journey. But there was no water for the army. There was no water for the cattle and for everyone who followed them. Then the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings to give them into the hands of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of? And one of the kings of Israel's servant, they answered, and said, Elijah, the son of Saphat, is here, who used to pour water onto his hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Look at verse 14, what Elijah said. Elijah says, as the Lord of hosts lives, before whom I stand, were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not even look at you nor see you. But now, bring me a minstrel. And it came about when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus says the Lord, Make this valley full of trenches. For thus says the Lord, You shall not see wind, you shall not see rain. Yet, everyone say yet. yet. That valley shall be filled with water. So that you shall drink both you and your cattle and your beast. So you shall drink both you, your cattle, and your beast. Look at verse 20 with me. And it, it happened in the morning about the time of offering that sacrifice that behold, water came by the way of Edom and the country was filled with water. And I want to preach to you this morning on this subject. Can you dig it? Come on, turn to your neighbor and ask them, hey, can you dig it? Go around the room today. Go around looking behind you and say, hey, can you dig it? Because we're going <laughs> to, can you dig it? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this word. And Father, I ask that you would speak to all those here today that are in a valley right now. 
don't know what's next. Maybe they're afraid of their future, they're afraid of tomorrow. And they're going through uncertainty. Deal with those who have a negative mindset, who feel like it's over, and those that are losing faith right now. Father, I pray that you would speak through all of us, through this word, in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can have a seat as we get into this word today. Can you dig it? You know, yesterday, as Jerrica and I were going to go to the park, I looked next to the door, and I see a, a big bag. And in this bag, there was everything you can think of. And I asked Jerrica, what is this? And she says, well, just in case. See, Jerrica is one of those people that prepares for everything. How many people do I have in the room that prepare for the worst, prepare. Every prepares, okay, right there, prepare. She had everything from towels, socks, extra shoes. She had cream. She had wipes. She had band-aids in case someone gets hurt. She's always prepared. How many, where are my wing-it people? We'll see when we get there. Let's see what happens. All my wing-it people, all right. Well, she is the type of woman that says, I'm going to prepare for this. But see, sometimes in life, Things are going to happen that you weren't prepared for. Things are going to happen that you weren't expecting. And this is a picture of what's happening in this passage of Scripture we read. We see these three kings that get together and they form an army because they want to go against the king of Moab. They feel confident. They feel strong. They're prepared. They have all these mighty men and warriors and horses and chariots. And they have everything ready for this battle. They're walking. They're marching. They're running with confidence. I want you to imagine Gladiator 300. They're ready to fight. They're going on. But something down the line happened as they journeyed. The Bible says they ran out of water. They weren't prepared for this journey. They thought they were ready. They thought they were going to make it. But as the journey went on, they ran out of water. There was no water for them. There was no water for their cattle. There was no water for their beasts. And as they kept going on this journey, they were dehydrated. They were thirsty. They were tired. And they knew that we cannot finish this journey. We cannot continue this mission. If we don't find any water, we are going to die here. So the Bible says that for seven days, they journeyed searching for water. And as they searched for water, because they weren't prepared to run out of it, the Bible says that they were looking because something inside them said, maybe we can make it, maybe we can find water, maybe we don't have to quit, maybe we don't have to give up. But the Bible says on the seventh day, they gave up. On the seventh day, they said it's over. There's no water. And they did not expect it. Because life has a way of throwing things at you you weren't prepared for. You did not see coming. And maybe you weren't prepared for certain problems that you have in your life right now. You weren't prepared to maybe lose your job. You weren't prepared to be single for this long. 
You weren't prepared to be sick. You weren't prepared to have a child going through this struggle. You weren't prepared. And it's amazing how you can start off life like that journey. You can start off strong with great expectations and confident. And all of a sudden you get hit with things you did not see coming. Things you weren't prepared for. And now you're wondering if I'm ever going to make it. See, this this morning as I was praying, I looked across my living room and I see a small frame. And in that frame was a picture of me. On the very first Sunday, we started our church 13 years ago. It was me, skinny, with long hair and an ugly tie. And I was there with a smile on my face. That smile was a smile of great expectation because I thought all I had to do was preach a word and people were going to come and the church was going to grow and this was going to be the best church in America. Hialeah has never seen a church like this. That was a smile of confidence. And when I looked at that picture, I said, I have not smiled like that in 13 years because I did not, I was not prepared. For what it really took to be a pastor in the church. I was not prepared for some of you. I was not prepared. We weren't prepared for some of these unexpected problems. And it's so amazing how we can go through life and it can hit us with things we weren't prepared for. So now you have these three kings, these three mighty kings, and with their warriors, these men that are strong, and now they're talking about dying. They're talking about God is unfair. God led us here to die. We're not going to make it. They're negative. But one of the servants stood up and said, wait a minute, there's a man named Elijah that he might be able to tell us what to do. So there was one servant that said, go to God. This is a man of God who prays to God. And if life has hit you with unexpected problems that you weren't prepared for, and you're in a dry place and in the valley, you can never go wrong when you go to God. And this man, they went to God and said, let's go to Elisha. And let's see what's going to happen. But see, church, as I read this passage, I wonder what was it that made these strong men give up? What is it that made these men just say it's over? At first I thought maybe it's the fact that they had no water and you can't survive without water. Maybe I thought they gave up because they were in a valley and we know that the Bible, the valley is a place of darkness and trouble. Maybe it was a valley. But as I really prayed through this story and I asked myself, what is it that gets us to quit and lose hope and get discouraged. I read verse 9, and it spoke to me in my spirit. Let's look at verse 9. The Bible says, So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they made a circuit. Everyone say circuit. You see, this is what caused them to give up. Because they were looking for water. On day one and day two and day three, they had great expectations. We're not going to quit. We're going to find water. We're going to make it. There has to be water here. There has to be water there. But the Bible said there was seven days they could not find anything. But when they hit a circuit, that's when they gave up. That's when they said it's over. And you're probably wondering, Pastor, what is a circuit? There's a definition of what a circuit is. A circuit is a roughly circular line, route or movement that starts and finishes at the same place. 
If there's anything that's going to make you give up, it's not valleys. We preach, that's over-preached. The valleys, you know, we say, oh, I'm in a valley, I'm in a valley, and pray for me. No, I'm not going to pray for you when you're in a valley anymore. If there's anything that makes us give up, it's the circuit. When it feels like what the definition says. It's a rough, circular line. It's a rough route. It's a movement that you that you it starts. So you're saying we're off to a good start, and then you realize you're back where you started. That means there's no progress. Nothing's changed. I wasted my time. We've been through this. I thought this was over. I thought we were moving on from this. It's not the valley that gets people of God discouraged. It's the circuits. Come on, help me preach. If you're here this morning, you've been through circles. You ever feel like you're going through a circle? You know what? A circle is the saddest shape, I think, because it's off to a start, and then it goes up. Things are looking good. Things are looking up. And then you're at the top, and that's great. I, this is better than the start. We're at the top. And all of a sudden, what happens? You go down. And you're back where you started. What do you do when life is a circuit? See, everyone says, well, I'm going through the valley. The valley is for chumps. Listen, that's nothing. Let me prove it to you. Look at Psalm 23, 4. Look at, look at what's, we all quote this, but we don't realize. Look what David said. Even though I walk through the valley. Notice what David, even though I walk how? He didn't say I walk discouraged through the valley. Hey, I walk afraid through the valley. I, I walk depressed through the No, he said when I'm in the valley, I know I'm going to get through it. That's why valleys don't matter. Because you might be oh, I'm in the valley. My see, my life is dry right now. Things are hopeless. But even David said, even though I'm in a valley of darkness, it's hard, it's evil. David said, I'm going to get through this. See, a valley is not the problem because when you are a believer, you know you're going to get through it. The problem is, the real faith is not the valley. The real faith is when you're in the circuit. Because these men, they were warriors, they were kings, they were in the valley. But when they went through the circuit that they finished right where they started, and there was no water, no progress, nothing changed, everything was the same, that's when they tapped out, that's when they gave up. And I see many people give up on life, give up on their dreams, give up on God, give up on their marriage, give up on their hopes and expectations, because not of the valley, they give up because of a circuit, because you started off strong, you started off happy, you started off positive, but now you're just where you started. Nothing's changed. Everything is the same. You're in a circle. And when you're going through circles, 
the devil tells you it's never going to change. And when you're going through circles, the devil tells you, stop believing it's going to be different. And when you're going through a circle, the devil says God has forgotten you because if God was with you, things would be better. You'd be on the top. But see, that's how life is and how God works. Sometimes God allows you to go through a circuit. You go through a circuit in your marriage. And you're off to a great start. I do. I do too. Making beautiful vows that sound like a, the best R&B song. And then you come home. And she has this long t-shirt on. It's with holes and weird and her hair's all messy and she has an attitude and she's just microwaving things for you now. When you were dating, when you were dating, she was a chef and now she's Chef Boradi. I'm just going to open up a can and hear it. Oh my, here you go. And everything's rough and it's busy. We're working. We're tired. We're stressed. It's a circle. Many people say, no, nothing's changed. It's all the same. So we're just going to get divorced. Marriages go through circuits. Friendships go through circuits. People aren't friends anymore. We unfriend people too much. Because even friendships go through circuits. And you start off strong and then you're on top and then things go down. Maybe you're busy. You don't text as much. You don't call as much. You don't hang out as much. And then you just drop it and search for some another friend. You go through circuits with your kids. And you thought you were over one problem and then you're back at it again with them. And you're drained as parents and you think, well, it's the same, nothing's changed. Maybe it's our parenting. Maybe we don't deserve to be parents. We're the worst parents. And you're going through a circle. There's circuits in parenting. There's circuits in the church. We go through circuits. There's circuits with God. You start off strong with God. You get yourself a Bible or devotional. You come to church. You go to bed. You feel like you're on top. And all of a sudden you go under. You're praying less. You're coming to church less. You're finding every excuse not to come to church. Before it took nothing. I mean it took nothing to get you to church. But now you feel a little raindrop. You're like, I can't go today. Weather's bad. And you're in a circuit with God. You're in a circuit with sin. I thought I was over this. I thought I prayed about this. I thought this was in my past. And I thought I was, it was behind me. And here I am. I'm back at it again. You see, church, I hope you get this today. It's not the valley. It's the circuit in the valley that gets us to quit. Gets us to say, God, it's over. But you don't have to give up. If your life feels like a circle right now, God's not finished. If your life feels like a circuit right now, God's still working. You don't have to think God has abandoned you. You don't think that God has, you don't have to think God has forgotten you. You don't have to give up in the circuit. 
You want proof? Look at a washing machine. The next time you do laundry. That's what your life's going to look like. You ever notice? I don't do laundry, but I did research. If you don't do laundry, marry someone that does, and you'll be all right. But as you look at the knobs in the washing machine, there's something called the rinse cycle. And you put it in the water, and there's a rinse cycle, and it's going in circles, and what it's doing is removing the dirt. And then after the rinse cycle is over, then what? There's the spin cycle. Doesn't stop. And now the spin cycle has a different purpose and it's to remove the water from the first place where it was removing dirt. So now you go from the rinse cycle to the spin cycle. Does it ever feel like it doesn't stop in your life? You go through one problem from the next. One problem, you feel like God is rinsing you off. You feel like God is putting you on the spin. And you're going in circles and circles and circles. And just when you think it's over, God says, no. Now you got to go the spin cycle. And just when the spin cycle is over, you get thrown into a dry cycle. And now you're in the dryer, going in circles and circles and circles, and circles. But here's the truth. You may go through rinse cycles. You may go through all these cycles. From the rinse to the spin to the dry. But eventually, the doors open. Eventually, these hands reach out. And eventually, it takes hold of the clothes. And eventually, it comes out. And eventually, it gets used. And that's what God's going to do in your life. You're going to go through the cycles in life. You're going to go through the spinning and the circuit. And you're going to say, when God? When God? When God? When God? How God? How God? Why God? Why God? When God? God, please, get me out. Get me out. Oh, I'm out. I'm out. No, it's time to spin. And your world is spinning upside down and spinning and spinning. And you don't know what's up, what's down, what's happening. And just when you think it's over, God puts you through a dry season. But church, in Jesus' name, the doors will open. The hands will reach. And you'll see that all the cycles you went through in life serve the mighty purpose. And maybe you're going through the circle right now because God's getting filth out of you. Oh, I know I'm not going to get amen for that one. Because some of you like to play in the dirt. But listen, God puts you through the cycles and eventually you get out. I thought about the people of Jericho. They went through a circuit. God says these walls are going to come down. I always wonder why couldn't God just do it? But he was teaching them faith. And he says, circle Jericho once every day on the last day seven times. So they were going through a circuit. On the last day, on the seventh time, the walls came down. I thought about Elijah. He was praying for rain. He went up to the mountain. He prayed seven times. He prayed, got up, nothing. Prayed, got up, nothing. Prayed, got up, nothing. He kept praying and praying and praying. I'm preaching to those people today that you're praying for a miracle. You're praying for the impossible. You're praying, but every time you pray and look up with great expectations, you see nothing and nothing and nothing. That's a circuit. And maybe you're going through a circuit of prayer. 
And you're thinking, okay, how many times, God, am I going to pray for this? Maybe it's not his will. Maybe I'm crazy. But on the seventh time when he prayed, there was a cloud. And that man stood up with excitement and said, now run, for I hear the sound of rain coming. He knew that the cycle was over. I love what God tells the Israelites as they circled for 40 years in the desert in Deuteronomy 2.3. Let's read it. He says, you have circled this mountain long Enough. Let me read that again, but let's read it together. One, two, three. You have circled this mountain long enough. Punch your neighbor and I'll punch him, wake him up and say, hey, you have circled this mountain long enough. Now, turn north. You know what that means? Now, I'm about to change directions. Now, I'm about to change your life. You have circled this Long enough. They were going through the spin cycle. And God finally said, now. You have circled this enough to prove to you today. The circuit. Is not forever. You're coming out better than before. Can I crush you now? <laughs> we can leave now happy. But if you, if you st stay with me 10 more minutes, you can leave happy and transformed. Why do so many people die in the circuit? Why do so many people die in the valley? In the Bible, in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel had a vision and he sees a bunch of bones, dry bones in a valley. And these were bones that represented when Israel was on fire for God and they were excited for the Lord. I wonder how many things had a strong start in your life, but then died. Why do some people make it and others don't? Why do some people get through the valley like David said and others don't? Let me give you three quick reasons. You guys ready? In the passage we opened up with. Notice what God said in verse 16 through 18. He said, thus says the Lord. Make this valley. Everyone say this valley. Let's say it like I want to hear it. This valley, amen, that sounds better. Make this valley full of trenches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. See, wind is an indication that rain is coming. So God is saying there's going to be no sign that things are going to change. That may be where you're at right now. That's what a valley is. A valley is a place where you don't see anything changing. You don't see signs that things are getting better. And I know some of you are in a valley right now. And if you're not in a valley right now, you will be. So pay attention and take notes. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with water. So that you shall drink both you and your cattle and your beast. This, this is what bothers me though. Listen to what God says. This is but a slight 
thing in the sight of the Lord. You know what that word sight means in the Hebrew? It literally means easy, simple. So God says, hey, this is simple. This is a slight thing in the sight of the Lord. I want you to really focus here for a minute. Because God says, hey, this is simple. I can change it right now. You know that right now, the most difficult of circumstances in your life is simple in the eyes of God. And God looks at our problems and He says, oh, that's simple. That's simple. And here's the problem with this. We tend to think that because God can just do it, God's going to do it right away. And we want God to do it right now for us. And we say, God, I'm in trouble, so help me now. God, I need advice, so tell me now. Lord, I need wisdom, so give me wisdom now. Lord, I need you to change this, so change it now. Lord, bless me now. Lord, change this now. Lord, do this now. Lord, give me now. And we think that we're serving a God that's just going to do it right away. And they thought, well, God, we need water. Will you just send rain? Will you just provide? Will you just give? Could God have done it? Absolutely. Even God said, this is simple. I can just blink and bring the storms. I can give you water for the rest of your life and eternity. I can just speak into existence and water's going to flow. And it is so simple in the eyes of God. But this is the first principle I want to teach you this morning. You guys ready? Just because it's simple to God doesn't mean it will be simple for you. And we're, we need to stop thinking that because everything is easy for God, He's supposed to make our lives easy for us. That is good preaching right there. Because there are too many people that think, why is life so hard? Why is everything so difficult? Why is God so unfair? Just because you serve a God that says this is simple doesn't mean that your life is going to be simple. So you better suck it up and say, Lord, it is easy in your sight, but that doesn't mean it's going to be easy in my sight. And notice why people stay stuck in the valleys and die. Because we want things to go easy. We want things to be simple. I pray, God, you do. I ask, God, you give. I need, Lord, you provide. Isn't that the garbage being taught in churches today? But let your pastor preach the truth this morning. Look at verse 16. You're not going to like this, or me. Thus says the Lord, make this valley full of what? Trenches. Could God have just brought water? Yeah. Could God have just brought the rain? Absolutely. But you know what God said here? You want water? You go. Start digging. No, no, God, 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 I thought you would just bring it. God, I thought you would just make it rain because you made it rain for Elijah. You just brought the rain for him. And God said, that yeah, that was Elijah. 
Notice that that's what they said. Oh, there's a man named Elijah, and it rained for him. And they thought that God was going to do it for them like he did for Elijah. And that's what's wrong with us. We think that God's going to do for us what he's done for other people. But you need to say, Lord, I trust you with what you're going to do to me. And that's it. So God says, you want rain? Dig. And get ready for it. Prepare for it. Dig trenches. Why am I telling this? Because I I really believe with all my heart you're asking God to do something you're not even prepared for. If you would answer it today, you're not ready to handle it. So you know why God doesn't do it right away? Because He needs to prepare you first. And God says, get in the trenches and get to work. See, a lot of us, we think God's just going to do it because it's simple. And we pray these cute prayers. Lord, bless my marriage. (laughs) Lord, increase my finances. Lord, remove my debt. Lord, change my kids. Lord, save my family members. My favorite, Lord, make me a better Christian. Lord, grow the church. Father, in Jesus' name, bring me a man. Bring me a good woman. Lord, make me skinny. Help me to rebuke cookies in Jesus' name. Denounce carbs. Father, just do it. It's simple. Is it simple? Yes. Sometimes God says simple for me doesn't mean simple for you. Get the digging. Get to work. You know what happens and why the problem, why so many people in the church are stuck in valleys? Because we're too lazy. We want it simple. Lord, just do it. And God says, no. I'll do it once you're ready. You're ready once you work. You don't work, you don't drink. What do you want? And I believe people today in our country need to hear this now because we have too many lazy people that don't want to go to work. But God says, get to work. Get in the trenches. God bless my marriage. Okay, here's a shovel. I want you to start respecting her. And every time she's acting crazy, just say, yes, dear. And every time you want to, some of you ladies say, yeah, I wish I had that shovel to bury him right now. You know, that's, that's what you're thinking. I know, I know. My surgery, I want to bury him. I just need to Google where to, where to hide bodies. I don't, I'm going to pray for you, but just, just start digging. Well, what would happen in your marriage if you just stopped praying, Lord, help me have a good marriage, and you just start working at it, spending time together, communicating, shutting the TV off, spending time together walking, talking? What would happen if you were just kind, if you were just a nice person? If you would stop the attitude and the anger and I'm tired, what if you would just dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig a good marriage? It's not something you pray for. It's something you work in. It takes a lot of forgiving. Shouldn't have said that, I forgive you. Shouldn't have done that, I forgive you. Work at it. We pray all these prayers. Lord, increase my finances. What you're saying is, Lord, I want one of those testimonies that I walked into the mailbox and all of a sudden there was a check for the exact amount that I needed. Listen, that may not happen. Can God do it? Simple. But sometimes God says, no, just get yourself a job. 
work more, work harder, work overtime, do better, get promoted. Can you dig it? Church, can you dig it? Lord, get me out of debt. God says, oh, I, I can dig that. Stop spending so much money on Amazon. Cancel sold subscriptions you don't need. I, that's why I love my wife, because when she goes shopping, her favorite store is Dollar Tree. And I said, mm, Jesus, thank you. I have a wife that loves Dollar Tree. I was bragging to the boys this week about that. Remember that? I said, yeah, my wife, she's going here, baby, get the card, because I know it's Dollar Tree. Can you dig it? I'm going to start saving more money. I'm going to tithe. We hate that T word, don't we? I'm, I'm going to, can you dig it? Can you save? Can you spend less? Can you dig it? And you notice you dig yourself out of debt. You don't get buried in it. Lord, it's simple, change my kids. Oh, I can dig that. You got to talk to them more. You got to watch what they're watching. You got to see who their friends are. You got to drag them to church. You might show them a shovel and say, hey, you're going to church today. You got to go and dig it. You got to read them the Bible. You got to pray. You got to be a good example. You got to be a parent that's involved. And you notice that you dig and dig and dig and your kids grow up to actually fear and love God because of parents that were digging in the trenches. You gotta get in the trenches. But we have too many Christians that say, no, it has to be easy. It has to be simple. But God says simple to me is not simple for you. Get the digging and get in the trenches. Lord, save my family, but you don't invite them to church. You give them a bad example. Lord, make me a better Christian, but you don't even read your Bible. You've got to get in the trenches and get in the Word of God and pray and come to church and come to Bible study and, and write down questions to ask Pastor David. You have to learn. Can you dig it? Talking about, Lord, bring me a maid, bring me a man, bring me a woman. Can I go there? Ruth needed a man, but she had a good mother-in-law that said, girl, before you even find a man, take yourself a shower, put on some makeup, and put some perfume on. You're talking about, oh, God, bring me a man, but you're looking all crazy. Yeah, you go ahead, dig it. Buy yourself the, the fake hair, the nails, the lip pumper, whatever you need. But you see, in Jesus' name, I'm getting a man. I'm going to work at it. Because we have too many people praying for future spouses. But God says, if I would bring them to you now, they're not going to dig you. Because you got a bad attitude. And i got to work in your heart and get you ready for the people that I have. But people are like, Pastor, how were you single for 10 years? I don't know. But I'm an awesome husband because it was 10 years of God working on me. Right? All right. I know she wants to shovel food to bury me sometimes. But church, we got to get in the trenches. 
You got to work for it. Whatever it is you want God to do that's not happening so simple is because God is saying, I need you to put in the work. Put in the effort. So many people quit because of what verse 17 says. Thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind nor rain in that valley. What do you do when you don't see the results you thought, but all you see is the valley? You dig it. You want to know what following God looks like? You're just obeying Him. But you don't see results. You're putting in the work. And you look up and there's no wind. You're putting in the work. No rain. That's exhausting, church. You're digging in obedience. You're digging in faith. You're working at it. And some of you say, I'm working at it like Pastor David said. I'm going to respect her more. I'm going to save more. I'm going to get this. I'm going to work at it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow my dreams. I'm going to dig. But some of you still think, I'm going to dig once and it's going to happen. But God says, no. Keep digging. Story of my life. 13 years at forward. Digging with you. Wonder how many people are going to be in church today. Wonder how many people are not going to be in church today. Wonder if we're going to make rent this month. Wonder if people are going to like this sermon. Wonder if people even like me as a pastor. God, why did you bring that person to church today? That person's crazy. Lord, why? Oh, God, finances are down. Lord, no one's coming today. Lord, it's been 13 years. Lord, how long? No rain. No wind. But you know why I'm still here? Because I can dig it. I can dig it. I don't care. Me and my family and all of us here at four, we're in the trenches right now. We're in the trenches together. We're digging it together. We look crazy because people, what are you doing? There's no rain. Why would you ever dig a trench if there's no rain? And we're like, we don't know, but God told us to. I'm just digging it because I can dig it. Can you dig it? When you don't see any results, can you dig it? When you look at the bank account and it's still low, can you dig it when you try but nothing's changed? Can you dig it when you're going through the circuit? Can you dig it knowing that someday God's going to come through like he said? And the Bible says they were digging at night because the rain, the water came in the morning. So they're digging at night when everyone else is sleeping. When everyone else is comfortable in their home. When everyone else is happy. There you are looking crazy in the middle of the night 
digging because digging is a lonely thing. You do it at night by yourself. You do it when no one's watching and no one's applauding you. And there you are in the middle of the night just digging. Tired. Messy. In the trenches. And it's dark. Psalm 30, verse 5. Tells us why we stay stuck in the valley. Anger is but for a moment. You're angry at God. Don't pretend, oh, I don't get angry. I'm I'm a Christian. No. You get angry with God and you say, God, this ain't right. Anger comes because God hasn't done it the way you thought. Anger comes because people have mistreated you, have used you, abused you. Anger is but a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. And some of you are sacrificing the favor of God for just a little moment. Then it says, weeping may last for the night. At night, while you're digging and working and not seeing anything change and not seeing anything happen, you are crying. And some of you know what I'm talking about. You are crying yourself to sleep. You are crying when no one's watching. You are crying when you're driving. You are crying, talking about wiping off the tears so no one knows I'm sad. No one knows I'm discouraged. No one knows that I'm going through a dark time. Let me just wipe the tears. And the God that we serve says, weeping may last. Through the night, you're going to cry sometimes. But a shout of joy comes in the morning. And the Bible says if you just last the night, if you can just keep digging through the night, you're going to see what I'm about to do the next day. You're going to see what I'm going to do in the new morning. Sorrow may last the night. But joy comes in the morning. You will have joy again in your life if you stay in the trenches and keep digging. Let me close with this. You guys getting it this morning? You might be here this morning. You're saying, God, is simple. You can just do it. You can just Breast my life. You can just do the business. You can just make it grow. You can just change my children. You can do it simple. But they take this to heart, church. Truly take it to heart. Simple for God. Never meant simple for you. And you're going to have to have some nights of digging in the valley. I love what David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He said, we're going to walk through this valley. And we all focus on that. But what if God is saying tonight, today? I don't want you to get through this valley. I want you to dig it. 
I want you to work at it. I want you to put in the effort. I love what verse 20 says. Verse 20 says, It happened. Could you say that with me together? One, two, three, ready? It happened. One more time. One, two, three. It happened. It's going to happen for you. Whatever it is you're waiting to happen, it's going to happen. So just keep digging. The Bible says, and this is when we kind of read it wrong if you're not careful. It happens in the morning about the time of offering and what? Sacrifice. Notice when it happened during a time of sacrifice. And I'm preaching to someone here today that's waiting for something to happen. It hasn't happened yet because you're not willing to make the sacrifice. And when they were making the sacrifices, when they were digging and making sacrifices, behold, water came by the way of Edom and the whole country was filled with water. Let's praise God for that because God made it happen and God did it. But let's pause and time out for a second, church. Because when you read that, you think it just happened. You're tempted to think it just happened. Water just came. But the water just happened to come as a result of them digging in the trenches all night. You know why I got to preach this today? Because we have this false phrase. It's called overnight success. That is, what do you think? Oh, they just happened. Nothing just happens. It takes work and it takes sacrifice. But it doesn't just happen. Strong marriages don't just happen. You go through years in the trenches. Strong families don't just happen. It's families that go to the trenches. Godly children don't just happen. You get in the trenches with them. Addiction doesn't just leave you. You go into the trenches with your addiction. And one day it's going to happen. Our church is going to blow. You watch. What God's going to do in our church. One day, this church that everyone laughed at, everyone said, oh, they won't make it. One day, God's going to just do it. And it's going to happen. And people are going to say, who is this pastor? He just happened to show up. But you, church, you are my family. And you're going to say, nah. I was in the trenches with Pastor David. We were in the trenches. This church didn't just happen. It was a result of years together in the trenches, digging through circumstances we never saw coming, digging through betrayal, digging from one building to the next building, to the next building, to the next problem, and the next problem, and for years, digging and digging, and finally, the water flowed, and everyone's like, wow, praise God, that's awesome. It just happened, but you're going to realize, yeah, right, it just happened. 
I sacrificed for this. I was in the trenches for this. Maybe today you're saying, God, I'm ready to get in the trenches with my spouse. Keep digging. I'm getting in the trenches with my children. Keep digging. I'm going to keep, I'm going to get in the trenches and keep winning people for Jesus. I'm going to keep inviting them to church and they reject me. But one day my family's going to get saved. I know the water's going to come. I'm going to keep digging. My dreams are going to happen. My dreams are going to come true. And they may not look like it's raining. Isn't it interesting that they were waiting for rain to come, but the water falls from the ground because God's going to do it in ways you never saw coming. You never saw it coming. You thought it was going to be rain. But God said no. That's why I asked you to build a trench. Because it was going to come from the ground. And I'm going to do miracles. You never saw it coming. But because you were in the trenches. Obeying me. And digging lonely in the middle of the night. And you never gave up. And you kept digging and digging and digging. You're going to see me. Do what I said I would do. And it happened. Church, can you dig it? Let's all stand to our feet today. Come on, give God praise today. Can you dig it, church? With every head bowed today, I want to ask you a question. Are you guilty of wanting it too simple? Wanting God to just do it? But you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I have problems, I have dreams, I have desires that I know God's going to do, but i got to get in the trenches. If you're in a circuit right now and you're going through a dry season, there's something in you that says it's not going to happen, it's not going to change. Would you honestly put that hand up today without shame and say, Pastor, that's me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see you there. I see you there. If you're going through a dry season, if you're going through a circuit, or maybe you're in the trenches right now because you believe God gave you a desire that's going to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. There's no sign that it's going to happen, but if you're in the trenches right now digging, could you put that hand up? God bless you. God bless you. I see you. Come on, church. Come to this altar today. All of you raise your hands. Come to this altar today. I want to pray for you today. Because it's not an easy place to be in the trenches. It's not an easy place because the trenches is where things get lonely. You get messy. You lose hope. But I want to pray for you today. Because if you keep digging... God's going to make it happen. And right now you're saying, well, Pastor, I don't see rain. I don't feel wind. There's no indication that it's going to happen. There doesn't have to be one. If God said it's going to happen, it will happen, but it will happen in His timing. And until that happens, keep digging. Keep working. And Lord, just say, Lord, prepare me for what's about to happen.
I don't see a sign. I'm tired. I'm discouraged. And I'm in the trenches. And I know, Lord, it's not going to be simple for me. But I'm going to keep digging. Let me pray for you today. That's you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. I pray for every person here today that's in the trenches. Would you tell the Lord right now what you're digging for? They were digging for water. What are you digging for? Just tell the Lord, I'm digging for my spouse. I'm digging for my family. I'm digging for my children. I'm digging for my finances. I'm digging. Lord, I'm digging for my health. I'm digging for my dreams. I'm digging for this person that I want to see change. I'm digging, Lord, but I'm tired. And the more I dig, the deeper I get. And it doesn't seem like it's going to change. But in Jesus' name, it's going to happen in ways you never saw coming. Would you put your hand up today and say, Lord, I'm digging. I can dig it, Lord. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person here in this place or listening online right now that they're in the trenches. They're in the valleys. They're in the circuit. I pray for every man, woman, and child, every mother, every father, every husband that's in the trenches digging for their dreams, digging for the desires of their heart, digging, Lord, for a better life. Father, I pray for those that are tired of digging and seeing no water. Father, we know that sorrow may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. I thank you, Jesus, and proclaim that joy will come. We will stand in joy. And people are going to look at you and say, wow, it just happened. But you're going to stand here today and remember this day, church. It did not just happen for me. I was in the trenches when no one was watching. So, Father, keep us strong in the trenches. Keep us with peace and strength and encouragement in the trenches as we hope with great expectations that a miracle is going to happen. We don't know how. We don't know when. We don't need to know how. We don't need to know when. We just know, Lord, that if you say it, it is going to happen. But it won't just happen. It's going to happen as a result of our faith and obedience and our digging in the trenches. So I pray in the name of Jesus that you do not put that shovel down, but you keep digging in Jesus' name. And I dare to say this one thing. In Jesus' name, I will dig it. Come on, say it to the Lord right now. I will dig it. Amen. Come on, give God some praise today. I will dig it. I love it. God bless you guys. I hope you guys were blessed by that message today.